Hello and welcome back to Rambling with Rosie. I'm Rosie and I am so happy that you're here. I hope you're having a lovely day wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whoever you're with, wherever you're going. Yeah, I hope you're having a lovely day. I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, I just hope it's a good one. Happy Valentine's Day. This episode goes live on Valentine's Day and that's when most people listen to the episode. So happy Valentine's Day or Galentine's Day, however you're celebrating it. I see it as a really cool excuse to just celebrate love and like the people around you. So make sure you do that. My mum used to, basically me and my sister before we had boyfriends, she would like set up a um, like breakfast table of like our favourite breakfast Um and like make it all pink and red with like love hearts and stuff you know like classic valentine's decorations and that's like how valentine's day became a day that i enjoy i think i just enjoy any sort of public holiday that is an excuse to celebrate something because why not i mean not that we need an excuse to celebrate stuff like love but it's a really cool way to like notice it and make a big deal out of it which I love to do so (laughs) I'm excited for Valentine's Day I hope you have a lovely one just yeah celebrate love even if it's love for yourself and things that you enjoy doing um I have had a really really busy week this week's yeah actually been a bit mental so um I mean I shared some on my story about how I was getting a little bit overwhelmed because when I did my Q&A episode I realized how much I don't share like the harder times and I want to do that like I want to make sure I'm being real with you guys so yeah this week was hard I spoke about it on my story so I'm not going to talk about it much more but yeah it was just busy. I just let myself get a bit overwhelmed and sort of overbooked myself. I think that was the issue. And I was trying to like stretch myself in a million different directions, which was actually impossible. Um, And when I do that, like stretch myself out, I find myself not putting my all into anything, which means that I'm like unfulfilled by everything, which is just obviously not great. Um, So yeah, that's why my week was a bit overwhelming, but I am feeling a lot better. I had Sunday to myself and it was heavenly. It was incredible. So I'm feeling good now. I'm feeling refreshed and ready to go. I hope you're having a lovely time. I'm like saying that because I want to close this bit off and just let you get straight into this episode with Christina because this episode, oh my goodness, am I excited for you to hear it. She is just the most inspirational being and I enjoyed every single second of this conversation. She's so creative and she's so colorful and such a bright person. But also when you hear about like the roots of her work, it's just inspirational like I cannot wait for you to hear it we spoke about so much about like the whole creative process but not from like a technical point of view more of like a knowing point of view like a being aware knowing yourself kind of thing Um, and a lot of Christina's work is about storytelling and she talks all about how she found her own story and how she fell in love with storytelling and finding her own story and finding herself in order to create such incredible work and I think you're going to find it inspiring too. I've I've definitely been inspired to look at myself and work on myself in order to create incredible work. So I hope you get that from this too. This is an episode you don't want to miss and I'm so excited for you to hear it. It's an absolute pleasure to be sharing it with you. So I hope you enjoy it. I will put Christina's podcast and all of her social medias in the description as well so that you can go and check her out because I highly recommend it. Her energy is just contagious. So definitely go over there and check that out. If you're enjoying the podcast, then don't forget to like and comment and follow on whatever listening platform you listen on. Every single button click makes such a difference and I appreciate it so much. So 
yeah, if you can leave a rating or literally anything, I appreciate it. And come and say hi on the Rambling with Rosie pod Instagram. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. Enjoy the episode. I'm going to ask you a horrible question to start with. I'm going to ask you to tell me about yourself. <laughs> no, that's a great question. I would love really to tell you about like myself. That question. Yeah, I would love to tell you about myself. <laughs> <gasps> Everyone I've ever asked is like, oh no, please don't ask that. <laughs> well, yeah, I just, I guess my question is, what do you want to know? Like how, you know, like how much do you want to know? <laughs> oh, everything. I want to know all about like creative Christina, like your journey. I want to know like about what you do. And the first thing that pops into your head when I say like, tell me about you. Gotcha. Okay. So I am a portrait and creative photographer and a storyteller. I think that that's a really big part of who I am is the storytelling component of photography and of art in general. I have been full-time doing this for about four years, um, total about like seven years of taking photos. But it's been really beautiful to watch the way that my career has shaped and what what is like kept me here because I love photography. I think it's such a fun medium. But I think that what's keeping me in this field is actually not the photos themselves. It's the people. It's like the connection that I can have with people through art. Um, I realized pretty early on in my journey like I'm I've always been the type of person where people like tell me their life story you know what I mean like grocery clerks like random strangers on the street just love to tell me (laughs) things about their life and that was I've been that way since I was a little kid like my mom would always tell me that like I could make friends with a doorpost like anyone anyone and everyone (laughs) like was Christina's friend when I was a little kid and I think that what that slowly showed me over my career is that like yes the photos are beautiful like yes I love pouring love into this art form but what seems to be the most transformative for people is like having a space to be seen and heard and I think that because of who I am which has been a really long journey of I'm a neurodivergent queer person and I was raised in a really constricting uh, religious religion and religious religion yep that one quote me on that um yeah it makes sense (laughs) yeah we we all get it yeah I was raised in a very like conservative religion I'll say that and I was taught to like conform and to fit in and to be straight and be neurotypical and like I have broken myself out of so many boxes over the course of my life and especially through art I have been able to like really liberate myself and step into a version of myself that I just never even dreamed of being free enough to experience and the more and more I walk down this path towards my center towards who I really am I think the more beautiful stuff I create the more I can help people feel seen um and the more impact I can have and I think that that's what I'm really really like grounding into in this phase of my career is like wow, I just really, really want to be a place on the internet and also a service that people can buy into to like help them love themselves more. Like I think that mm-hmm. loving who we really are and getting to that center of who we are and like always be peeling back the layers of bullshit that we were taught to put on and taught to mask, 
I think it's really, really beautiful and I want to help other people in that journey. And so, yeah, that's who I am. I'm a creative, I'm an artist, but I'm a really big feeler too. And I just, I think that yeah. the, the human, the human experience of like navigating this life and learning how to do it as ourselves and learning how to honor ourselves is just like one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of. I think that is just gorgeous. Like I've never heard photography or anything about like creativity or visual arts or anything like that expressed in such a gorgeous way like that's such a perfect way of putting the way it feels and I've always said like one of the most magic things about what we do I guess is like the community and the people that you're surrounded by but also the people that you meet and the stories that you can tell and I also find it really interesting that you're one of those people that obviously attracts people and like people want to tell you their stories and they want you to tell their stories but you've always been told a story and like you said not not always in a positive way and what's so interesting is that it sounds like the more that you've found yourself the more you've like noticed the stories that you want to actually absorb and then help tell and then the stories that you're not interested in and the ones that you want to like walk away from Mm -hmm. I just think that's so cool because being someone that people can talk at and to tell their stories to like being aware of what you want to take in is obviously so important Um, and the fact that you've done that is just so cool I want to talk about like your journey right into like I guess becoming a creative and like telling stories and you said about like creating for yourself um because obviously when you're telling stories you're telling other people's stories so you take self-portraits as well and do you find that like there's a difference between telling other people's stories and creating for yourself and like how did you get into creating for yourself like tell me about that journey you know it's interesting I think I've always been drawn to telling other people's stories but I don't think that I was like fully equipped to do that until I found the bravery to tell my own um and I think yeah like I I mean a lot of things will hold us back from telling our own story right like I think the fear of disappointing people who disappointed you. Like, like I, I know a big part of me feeling fear about telling my story was like, wow, you know, my parents chose this life for me, you know? And I like quite literally ran in the opposite direction. Like they gave me this thing that they thought would be good for me. And I, and it hurt me. And I, and I like chose a completely different life for myself. And I think that I was really shy about that because Like, I love my family. I love all the people I grew up with, the whole community that I had. But also, it was really bad for me personally. And so, like, I had to be able to, like, get to a point where I am okay with disappointing other people. And actually, I think a reframe that was really helpful for me is, like, not only am I okay with disappointing people, but when I'm given the when I'm given the choice between disappointing myself or disappointing someone else it is my responsibility to disappoint the other person it is my responsibility to like stand up for myself and um, be dedicated to what wants to be made through me and the honesty that wants to be spoken through me I'm not gonna let anyone else like control the narrative of my story because I'm the only one that lived it I'm the only one that experienced it and while you know, that religion, that lifestyle is maybe exactly what they want in this lifetime. It was, it was a perfect pressure cooker for me of like making me smaller and smaller and smaller until I chose to break out of it and get bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think that like, I wanted to tell other people's stories, 
but I needed to tell myself my own story first. And so I started talking about how the first protest I ever went to as a child was against my own rights. Like I went to a protest for um, when Prop 8 was passing in California, which was essentially a proposition that would make it um, impossible for gay people to marry. And like I went to that protest as a child and I was protesting against my own rights, you know, like telling that story was really powerful for me because it's like reclaiming it's reclaiming your own personal power reclaiming your own narrative and I've talked about my history with body image with eating disorders with like wanting to be small in a world that like told me to just like fit this mold and what it's been like as I've like embraced my bigness and embraced the size and the space that I take up yeah so I've talked about a lot of different components of like what's made me me and I think that I don't ever want to ask people for vulnerability that I'm not willing to give. And so if I want to be a safe place for other people to have their stories told through, then I need to find the courage within myself to tell my own. And so that was a huge part of my creative journey. Yeah, I think another component is like when you were asking about how I like found my creative voice, I think that it was a really slow and like I don't know, a beautiful journey inward that required a lot of putting down other people's dreams for me. Like there's this quote that I love where it's like, if I let other people define me, I would be like swallowed alive. And so I must define myself for myself. And I think that like, I look back to the height of me trying to like fit in, right? And it was like, I would wear nothing but like black because I wanted to be smaller. I wanted to take up less space. I wanted to like be invisible and be able to morph between groups. And I would like change my personality based on who I was around and I would hide parts of myself and I would like bring out other parts of myself that I thought the other person would like. And I was constantly masking who I was and people pleasing. And then that led to burnout and feeling resentment. Like that's that is what happens when we people please is we end up being really bitter, unhappy people. And so, yeah, it's a really vicious trap. And I think that it's easy to fall into the like martyr mindset of like, no, like I'm my worthiness is in how much I can give. My worthiness is in how much I can make other people feel comfortable. And like it was this constant giving of myself to the point where like when I felt any sort of peace or joy, I felt the obligation to like pass that on to other people. Like I couldn't hold any of it for myself. And so, you know, I was wearing all black. I was like morphing into different groups. And I think that like finding my creative voice was finding color, was finding like personal expression for myself. And now I'm like obsessed with color. I think it's so fun. I think color is like one of the most beautiful ways that we can tell people's stories and like visually create a feeling. And I love the color in your work too. So I know you get it. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I was going to say your work literally speaks for itself. Like there is so much color. And I always say like, I, I see situations and I see people in color so like not necessarily like you you know like the way you'd see the world but like someone to me could be yellow and someone could be purple and there's like a reason for that and different things in like different colors would mean different emotions yes yeah I always say when people say like in school like maths was red or like English was blue like that sort of thing Uh I that's how I see the world like everything is in color so I love that you said that because 
it just is and I definitely think that your mindset and like how you feel because obviously like day to day it's gonna vary um how I feel like affects how I would see things um so you saying that literally on a big scale like you used to wear all black I used to wear all black too I call it my gothic stage yes um but yeah I used to wear all black too and I I didn't realize until like looking back until you said then that it probably was to like fit in or to like hide a little bit or because I didn't feel like color um so I love that you said that and I love that like color is such a big thing like it makes me so happy I just love color what color are you so I see myself as like an orangey yellow yeah that fits yeah I see you though as like um you know like the cross between blue and purple but on like an almost neon neon (laughs) so you're like that like bluey purpley neon do you know what's so funny I've had two people with color synesthesia and one psychic tell me that I am purple so you're spot on yeah really <laughs> and oh I my really, goodness I that really makes identify. me so happy yeah I really identify with the color purple oh I love that so much I wanted to ask you about like the way that you create and obviously there's a difference between creating for other people and, and creating for yourself so you could say on like a scale of like um you know, literally just content for the internet. So creating for virality and knowing what will perform well versus what you actually want to create. But also on a deeper level, like creating, wondering what people will think compared to like just creating because that's what you feel inside and that's what you want to represent, like colors or emotions or anything. Um, So how do you go about creating for yourself? Because you obviously do and you can see that in your work. Wow. So I like to think of it as either I'm creating in, in, out, or I'm creating out, in. And what I mean by that is like, if I'm creating outwardly, then what's happening is I'm like, okay, what do people want to see? What is going to perform well? What have I seen other people do? I think a lot of my first years in photography, my work didn't have that like Christina sparkle because it wasn't, it, it was me copying and trying to imitate other people's work which is like I don't want to downplay the importance of like taking in art and practicing I think that that is 100% the path that almost every single artist will go on it you need to like take in and understand and then try to create your own I think that that's totally normal but it's really cool to like notice how when I'm going from the inside what's happening is I'm asking myself, okay, what is sparking joy or curiosity for me? And I think it used, I used to think, well, no, I have to be like super passionate. It has to be this like movement in me. But I think that like passion is kind of in opposition with um, releasing perfectionism and imposter syndrome. I think that like, if you follow, if you wait for passion to hit you over the head, nothing will feel good enough. But if you can search for what lights you up, what makes you curious, what like tickles your brain and makes you be like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, what else? Like, I want to know more. Like, if you follow those curiosity breadcrumbs, the work that you can create from that is coming from inside you. And that way I found that like, I can ask myself questions like, am I procrastinating this project? And then I'll ask myself why. And sometimes it's that I feel like I am creating someone else's work. Like I feel like I am 
um, you know, and sometimes clients will ask you to do this. They'll send you something very specific that they want that they've already seen. And like, I'm not feeling inspired by it. And so like, okay, am I procrastinating this project? Why is that? So I'll ask myself stuff like that. I'll ask myself if I'm feeling imposter syndrome because imposter syndrome has been a huge um, component in my journey. And I've found a lot of success recently with being able to release it. Um, but I think that like imposter syndrome has a lot of different avenues, but I think one of them is quite literally like you feel like an imposter when you are trying to be good at what someone else is good at. When you're trying to like create or recreate someone else's success instead of forging yeah. your own path, but forging your own path is hard. Like it, it is, it goes against a lot of online like culture because we are very like a trend centered culture um and mm -hmm. i think that there's like value to learning how to play a game like learning how to be learning how to take what is authentic for you and turn it into something that is um viewable and consumable for other people like i think that being able to translate translate yourself into online content is an important skill to learn but I think that you need to have something to translate first. You can't be trying to just like yeah. be the same noise as everybody else because then you will literally just be the same noise as everybody else. Like what makes you special is what comes from inside you. And so the journey for me, at least, especially as someone who's like, who's neurodivergent, whose brain doesn't work quite the same way that other people's do. It's been like really cool to try and figure out how do I take what's authentic to me and turn it into something that is shareable? Um, but yeah, starting from that place of, okay, what's real for me? What am I feeling? What's coming up? What's inspiring me right now? Like what has me lit up? What in my day makes me the happiest? And like starting with those little moments of like presence. And for me, a huge part of the journey of like creating from myself has been getting to know myself outside of art. And for me, that's like a daily practice. I have a daily yoga practice. I'm picking up a meditation practice. But like even things like going for a walk outside, talking to friends, like investing in, okay, who am I today? Like outside of the stories of who I think I'm supposed to be, outside of who other people want me to be, outside of the roles that I need to play in the society to make rent, to be a parent, like whatever you, whatever role you've mm -hmm. taken on in this lifetime, like who am I outside of those roles? And, and dedicating time to figuring that out because if you're not in touch with that inner voice, with like your body knowing, if you can't like feel sensations in your body, it's way harder to see if something is even authentic to you. Because like a beautiful part of what I'm able to experience now is because I've spent so much time getting in touch with my body, I can ask myself, like I'll literally close my eyes, go inward and ask, okay, do I want to do this project? Do I, is this inspiring for me? And my body will give me a sinking feeling or a rising feeling. Like it will literally tell me yes or no, because I have opted in to enhancing and enriching this relationship that I have with myself and trusting that like, what I have to say is valuable and it's actually the like mm. the center of my power yeah I agree 100% that was so gorgeously put I have so many things to ask you about that the first thing is obviously clients come to you and like almost going back to like what um we said earlier about telling their stories because your work is so niche and so Christina a client you assume would go to you knowing what sort of thing they would get and 
and hopefully asking for like your input and stuff because you know it's your work um what do you do when there is someone that wants you to tell their story and like you said they have like an idea or they've come to you with something that you're looking at and you're just not inspired by do you try and like collaborate and have like your input and try and like sway them towards something that you're slightly more inspired by or or would you say it like I'm not the right person um for this like go to someone that you know would shoot this sort of style like that's Mm -hmm. not me yeah I think earlier in my career it was a lot of like well I guess I can do that like I guess I guess I can be that for you and 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 I think that like there's not anything inherently wrong with like wanting to bring someone else's vision to life even if it's not something that like lights you up but I think you also get to a point where being lit up is important to you and like finding aligned work you understand like the momentum that you're building in your brand of like okay I want to post these types of stories these types of photos so that I get more and more people that like are not just picking me because like they don't pick me because of my price they don't pick me because of my availability they're picking me because I'm the only one that could do it like that's I think Mm -hmm. the power of like a powerful brand is becoming you know you eliminate competition because you're the only one doing it your way so the person that is aligned with your way of doing it will feel like wow this is the person for me And so I think that like as I've gone further into my career and like kind of let go of some of the scarcity mindset of like I used to feel, well, if I don't take on this client, like maybe I won't get more. I need to take on every client. I would book myself really busy. And I think that like letting go of some of that scarcity, starting to like value my work in a way that like funds my life um, in a way that like allows me to rest and recover and be inspired and not constantly be overworking. I think all of those things have led me to a point where now I am very, very happy to be like, you know what? I think that I might not be the perfect photographer for you. Here's some recommendations. Or if someone comes to me and like something in what they're saying sparks joy, I'll like hop on the phone with them and like talk about their journey, talk about what they're wanting to portray. And then I'll like pitch them ideas and a pitch you can say yes or no to you know I'll like give them hey I think that this is a way that I could utilize what I'm good at to help you feel seen what do you think and most of the time they're like oh wow that's so much better than what I was thinking you know like most of the time they they (laughs) come to you because they're wanting someone that has the ability to turn what they know to be true into something visually compelling which like that's a skill that's a skill that I've developed is being yeah, able to like definitely. translate for people truly their stories into visual concepts and so I can pitch it to them if they say yes great if they say no like we're not aligned it wouldn't have been a good project for either of us anyways and that's all good yeah I think that's such a cool way of looking at it and I think it does it really does depend on the person and what story they're trying to tell because if it's like a story of their own sometimes it can be um like personal and it can be like a story that they that is so important to them that they want it told in a really specific way and if that's a way that you can tell it amazing if it's not then go somewhere else and both scenarios are good because their story is going to be told in a way that they want it to exactly so you said about like finding yourself before you can tell someone else's story how did you get to a point because I have a lot of like um photographers that are just starting out and are just sort of finding their style and the way that they like to tell stories and therefore also finding themselves like how do you go about knowing that 
the story that you're telling is what you want to be telling and and do you experiment a lot and where do you start with telling a story that feels like you and is yourself and knowing that it's you Hmm. I would really recommend reading Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert a really transformative book for learning how to create in a way that is authentic and sustainable I think that there's no way that you're going to find your voice without trying things. And I think that if you, if you are waiting for the perfect idea that feels perfectly you to hit, you will be stuck in perfectionism. Um, And so I think that the only way to get to a spot where like, I feel like years into my career, I have an incredibly strong voice, right? Like I have cultivated this artistic voice that has, I've done, you know, I don't know, 300, 400 photo shoots. I have no idea, like a lot of photo shoots. And I think that creating things is the natural process that will lead you to finding your niche, that will lead you to finding what feels good because you'll create things and you'll be like, "Mm, actually, I don't really feel very proud of these photos or Mm, like these don't feel like there's something off about them. And when that happens, that I feel like for a lot of us, the tendency is to be like, well, I fucked up. I messed up. I like, it's not right. And to feel lost because of that. But I think that every no is leading us closer to a big authentic yes. And so it's yeah. our game of like finding okay, what is this no trying to teach me? What about this was a no? Was it the person I was working with? Was it the styling? Was it the lighting? What am I feeling drawn to? And so like, I, I there's this one quote and I'm going to butcher it, but it's like, cre- like creative magic is just showing up consistently enough to get all of the bad ideas out of the way. And I really think oh, that that's, I love that. yeah, I really think that that's how it works because if you're not creating, you're not getting any input. And if you don't have any input, you can't get closer to yourself. It's not something that you can think your way through. You have to experience and feel your way through the creative process. And the only way to do that is to try things. Yeah, I agree 100%. Trial and error, basically. Exactly. With a lot of error. Okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> so when when do you feel like your most authentic self? I feel like my most authentic self when I, I think that for me, I feel the most authentic when I'm the most present and I feel the most present Mm -hmm. when I am not thinking about the future or the past. Um, I think something that has been really cool about this journey of unmasking for me through art has been I feel like so I you know I started my business I went full-time suddenly I'm like this professional suddenly I'm getting booked for brands and I felt I put on this like hat of like okay you need to always know what to do next like okay you need to always be the voice of authority you need to always have it figured out and essentially that's like taking your curiosity and your creativity and just like smashing it into the ground Um, (laughs) so uh, it's been really cool to to take off some of those hats like on shoots I will literally like if I run out of ideas I used to like just start panicking and like putting people into shots that I've taken a million times and just recreating stuff that I've already done 
But instead, now I am really honest about my creative process. And I'm like, ooh, let me let me just like look around for a little bit and like see what inspires me. And I'll like literally take a break. I'll like I'll get a drink of water, you know, put on some lip gloss, whatever you gotta do. And I'll like walk around and think and feel and notice and like mm. take myself out of tunnel vision and broaden the scope of what I'm looking at. And like a recent example of that is I did this photo shoot for a really powerful, like just powerhouse of a human they're queer they're a filmmaker they're wanting to make some really cool things in the world and they were wanting new headshots and they were talking I you know I got on a meeting with them we we met up for coffee because they're local and we were talking about okay what do we want these to feel like and they they were like okay well I am the type of person where I feel like I'm a space holder like and they put out their arms and in kind of the shape of a bowl and they were like I take what's inside of me and the magic from the room from the people I'm collaborating with and I know exactly what needs to go in the bowl and I know what doesn't need to go in the bowl and I'm the space holder like it's coming from me and it's and I'm choosing what gets put into this project and because of that like I create really sacred intentional space and so when I was brainstorming a visual concept for them I was like okay what if we used yarn like a really thin yarn and we like put it in pat like a colorful thin yarn we put it in patterns coming from this person's heart and like we had it go over their skin and down their arms and into a bowl and like what if we like showed this process of like light and color coming from this person so that something can be made and we get to the day of the photo shoot they were really stoked about the idea and we we are like you know we have our i use eyelash glue to attach like anything it's my favorite trick so i have my eyelash glue we have our yarn we have our bowl and the past version of me would have been like yep i know exactly what to do and just started putting stuff on them but instead i like let myself be in the moment with this person and i actually looked at them and i looked at their face and i looked at their chest and their arms and these things that we were wanting to feature and I looked at the lines of their body and the way that their face was shaped and I was like okay and I and I said out loud I was like okay what if we start at the neck and it comes down your shoulders okay what if and we when I said what if we started swirling at the chest in that moment there was like this magic clicking feeling of like oh that's it that's it Mm -hmm. and you'll know that feeling because you're exploring enough to find it and so yeah at each turn as i'm like putting on this yarn i'm stopping and i'm looking at shapes and i'm taking it in and i'm willing to change my mind i'm willing to be flexible i'm willing to be wrong and i think that that has been really cool like i used to put someone i would put someone in a pose that i thought was going to be good or i'd put them in a situation that i thought would work well for them and i would take a bunch of pictures even though i wasn't liking it now if i'm not liking mm-hmm. something i'll literally be like ah nope that's not it let's try something new and like rejecting faster <laughs> like that. getting the bad ideas out faster has improved mm. my work tenfold what's so incredible is that like obviously you're an incredible photographer and an art creator and that comes across in your work and the, and the way the process works and you can see that you really really put everything into the shoots like behind the scenes like putting the person at ease which I stand by being one of the most important things to do on a photo shoot but yeah I just like obviously your art's good but it's so clear like having spoken to you now that the way that you treat yourself and the way that you live and the way that you think and and 
just everything about like your thought process and your journey towards like finding you and what you enjoy and everything that's authentic to you has completely affected your work but in the most incredible way and it sounds like it goes both ways like your work affects you and you affect your work would you say that it feels like that absolutely absolutely it's a two-way street and I think that something that's helped me build confidence in my own voice is realizing that the more I'm creating for myself the more that I'm like talking to different versions of me like creating for past versions of me creating for different parts of myself the more that I'm like creating for me not for other people the more my voice resonates with other people and the Mm -hmm. more I literally have like especially because I'm doing vulnerable work on the internet. Like I have a podcast where I talk about like people's inner journeys with, I talk about like the journey inward Um, because I'm like doing vulnerable work that like is more than me posting pretty pictures. Like I'm wanting to create real energetic spaces for people to heal in because I'm doing that work. It's very vulnerable and it. I have this album on my phone where I screenshot people's messages when they tell me how my work has affected them. And I save them to this album that's called like reasons to keep doing this work. And I'm like Mm -hmm. gathering proof that like, I don't need to be just a contributor to the mass noise and nonsense of the world. I can like speak clearly and from my heart to the select people that it's meant to be reached that is meant to reach them it's meant to touch them and I and that's what I want I don't want to be someone who is trying to create for the masses trying to do what everyone will like I want to be like a best friend to people on their own journeys home to themselves I want to Mm -hmm. be a person that people can look up to and like feel solace and comfort from because they know that I'm like I've they know that I've been on a long journey to get here because I share that. Like I'm willing to invite people in to my most tender, most vulnerable pieces because I believe that that's important work. And I believe that I am being called to do that work and that I'm ready to answer that call. And so I'm like stepping into this like role, not because I want to be liked by everyone, quite the opposite. I am okay with being rejected by the wrong people so that the right people can find comfort in what I have to say and how I live in the world because I do think it's radical. I do think it's radical to like step outside of what other people want for you and choose what you want for yourself. I think also when people come to you and tell you that that your work is has affected them in some way or made them feel a certain emotion or like elicited anything onto them like made them feel something it's so much more rewarding and um like such a better feeling when you know that what you've done has been authentic for you and been something that came from the heart and something that you're genuinely proud of because if it's something that you've created for the masses hoping that the masses love it then when someone comes to you they're just one of the people that you know you created for yeah if someone has explicitly come to you loving something that you've said or done or a message that you've put out there then and it was authentically you then it's just so it means so much more like it adds so much more worth to to the message Mm. for people who are now like okay I'm a creator and I realize now that I am creating for what other people what I think other people will want to see or what I've seen the majority of people do or they look up to a few people and are inspired by but they they've literally recreated their work and they're now going 
I want to create for myself and I want to find who I am so that I can put out work that is me. What is something that you think these people should implement or something that they should do or an action they should take? Like what is something that you think they should do? Hmm. Spend time away from uh, the the voice of the world. Like spend time away from, like if you're someone, I think that, I think that if you're trying to create for the masses, I know that for me in those times of my life where I felt disconnected from my own voice, where I felt like I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and so I just try to do what other people are doing, those times of my life are normally really saturated by other people's opinions and voices. I'm on TikTok a lot for hours. Like I used to have a really bad <laughs> scrolling problem and I'm like taking in so much media and I'm feeling more and more lost because I'm taking in a thousand people's version of what they are creating and I'm like taking Mm -hmm. in their opinions and their thoughts and I'm not trusting that I have any of my own answers and I'm looking to everyone else for the answers and I think that that can go beyond social media that can be like it's hard to make decisions in your life like it's hard to you know you have to ask a friend if an outfit looks good because you don't trust that you like it right so I think that like yeah I think that it starts in many areas of our life before it comes to our art and so I think that it needs to be a daily practice to connect to your own voice and connect to what feels authentic to you and the only way to do that is to cut out other people's noise and to tap inwardly and so that can look like so many different things like I think that yoga meditation like those type of spiritual practices can be really intimidating for people okay try stretching try dancing around in your room to music really really loudly like try cooking something you haven't cooked before try becoming a creator of some sort instead of a consumer I think that that is a really really big component is like if if we just consume 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 we're going to feel lost so we need to know how to create in our lives and that creation is so has so many different facets like get a house plant you know like there's so many different things you can do yeah. try try <laughs> a that. craft like I really recommend people having a sacred medium and what I mean by that is something that you'll never monetize like especially if you're doing your art as a business it's really important to have artwork that you'll never put that pressure on and so for me I color yeah. I craft I make macrame plant hangers I like do weird and fun <laughs> makeup and I find ways to live creatively and that inevitably has a huge impact on everything including my work I saw this quote once that said create before you consume and obviously it means like create more than you consume but also I'm a huge thing like I love my morning routine like I love having my morning and making sure that I'm not doing anything that like you said is monetized anything that's towards anything like anything productive necessarily but productive for like myself and and what I like to do um and I also think that the the first thing you do in the morning is what your brain will find joy in for the rest of the day so if it's something that's creative and you wake up and and you find like dopamine from doing yoga like I love yoga as well so from doing that or creating something for yourself that's not for other people for the rest of the day I find it so much easier to keep doing that even if it is then you know creating TikToks or like doing a paid photo shoot or like something like that it's so much easier to still tune into the way I like to create and and what makes me happy when I'm creating rather than like if, if I picked up my phone and I looked at 
Instagram or TikTok or something first thing for the rest of the day the brain sort of craves the consumption of something because it's almost like it's it's set for the day I don't know if you find that as well but absolutely so even on a larger scale create before you consume you just need to like tune your brain into being creative before you try and like consume other people's creativity yeah yeah and there's such power in intentionally consuming as well you know like finding finding artwork that feels like it fills you up and like diving into that going to museums going to art exhibits like talking to artists like there's such power in consumption but I yeah someone once told me they were like trash in trash out like if we're putting a bunch of garbage into our brain all day long that's what is like being stirred around in our nervous system like that's what's coming out yeah and so that's I yeah I'm also learning the the beauty of a morning routine and the beauty of like consistency with carving out time for myself and like Mm. I personally something that has been really fun for me lately is um I'm getting I've been like um an occasional journal journal journaler an occasional journaler journaler. (laughs) I love that that's definitely not the right (laughs) word but I have occasionally journaled for my whole life but I something that's been fun for me recently is journaling in a new way because I've occasionally journaled for a lot of my life but now I'm journaling with intention so I have a journal called my magic journal and I crafted it and it's very cute but what I do is I write down all of the like serendipitous all of the present all of the delicious moments in any day or like experience and I also write down things that I'm grateful for so I'm like collecting proof of like the magic and the deliciousness of life by recording it and it's crazy how yeah like as you follow your own journey you tap into what feels good you like start to be really devoted to your own path as a human to like learning how to love yourself it's wild how more and more things happen where I'm like oh my god that's magic yeah it definitely is and the more you tune into it by like writing it down and making a point of noticing it the more you're gonna see it which is just the beauty of it all noticing it and expressing gratitude for it yep I think that that's really the magic so tell me a little bit about your podcast because I know that you talk a lot about these types of things um and I'm inspired so I'm obviously a regular listener but um yeah tell me about it and why people should listen to it because I think they should oh this is so sweet it's a really new endeavor of mine it is quite literally a love letter to the world and to myself um it's called the journey inward and it's essentially like I I want to be I think that there's many places on the internet where you can learn you know the science behind the science behind emotional regulation, behind all these things, like where we can practice mental health things. But I think that like you can gather and gather information, but being able to feel it in your body, being able to like sit with yourself, being able to tap into your true authentic self takes practice and it takes um, support. I think that community and being able to see each other on this journey home to ourselves is really important. I love to look at all of my relationships under the lens of we're all just walking each other home. We're all just walking each other home to ourselves. Like each person that we meet, everything that we experience gives us opportunities to get to know ourselves better, to love ourselves better. And I think that life is really cyclical. We're going to have a lot of the same triggers, a lot of the same things come up in our lives and our responsibility and our pleasure 
and privilege is to learn how to react differently than we did the last time these things came up for us. And it has been a journey that has quite literally changed my entire life. Um, I have, I'm a neurodivergent person, so I've had um, a lot of things in my life that have, that for a long time planted me in a very unregulated, unhappy, depressed place. I have really visited darkness in my life in a way that you know, it felt like it was going to destroy me at the time. And through years of this work, I have brought myself to a place of like ecstatic full body joy where like my toes tingle with how happy I am to be alive. And like, it makes me emotional even to talk about like to be able to take yourself from like dreading every day when you wake up and like feeling like literally like you're drowning in life's experience to be able to take that and through self-compassion and self-forgiveness, find relief and find community and find love for yourself. It changes everything. It makes everything in life easier. And I just want to be a buddy. I want to be a friend to people who are on their own journeys to come home to themselves. I'm so excited for like your podcast growing and like, and all of like the episodes, I can just binge them Ah. Oh. I just like it's gonna be amazing yeah i'm stoked it's called the journey inward on spotify and i'm christina's captures that's one word christina s captures on instagram and christina c photo on tiktok i will put all the links of those in the podcast description as well so they're all there for you to click on and find christina everywhere and everywhere she is well that was amazing thank you so much for coming on rambling with rosie that was even better than I could have ever dreamt because you thank have, you for you have having so much me. insight. Oh, thank you for having me. This has been a joy, a delight, truly. If you're enjoying the podcast, then don't forget to follow, subscribe, like on any sort of platform. Um, thank you so much, Christina, for coming on. It means so much. I enjoyed this conversation so much. Of course, my pleasure. And thank you so much for spending some of your day with us. I will see you next time. Bye.